the Merrimack River in Massachusetts. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast. I'm your host, Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 369. Ones is the loneliest scoreline that you'll ever see. Oh, fuck me. I got to type that whole damn thing in SoundCloud. Thanks, Truman. I don't have to do the whole thing. You can you can shorten it. I just one is uh, you get the rest. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, we are uh, coming back off of a postponement and a one-one draw against Toronto FC. Uh, I guess you know we'll get into the Toronto FC match in a second, but I think first we kind of want to touch a little bit on the postponement against Inter Miami, and I think it's really from a fan standpoint of hey, New York Red Bulls, what the hell? I think with all the weather reports that were going on, it really was kind of obvious what was going to happen to that game. I think keeping fans around on the hook for about two, two or three to three and a half hours in that stadium for the diehards who stuck around, I think you could have been a bit more upfront with them about what was really going to go on with that game. The fact that you even brought the team out at eight o'clock roughly when there was still lightning in the sky, which kind of was like, oh, are you really going to try and do this? I mean... It, it was kind of clear to all of us, me being one of them who was in the stadium, that this game was not going to happen, especially looking at the radar report. You could have done better by the fans. You really could have, one, called the game sooner, maybe been a bit more open to the fans of when realistically that game, if there was even a chance of it being played that night, when it would have been played, uh, and let some of us go home sooner. I actually was one of those people who looked at the weather reports and decided around 8.30, I'm out of here. I'm really glad I did. I know people who did stay later. Very unfortunate thing. So, really, that's my rant about the Inter Miami game is bad luck. I, I, I mean, I, in some respects, it's my own fault. I wish I had looked at NJ.com earlier and saw that Newark flooded. It might have just kept me from even going. But uh, it, it's all the the floodwaters had receded in some of the areas uh, in which I saw there was flooding. But I mean, Rebel, come on, you could have done better. I, I mean, I do get it. I, the, teams across professional sports everywhere do this but when you look through the weather weather reports you kind of knew what was happening so this is what i understood is that it was major league soccer's decision that it was on to them to either play or uh postpone the game i read it was not up to the red bulls but here's here's my question right you definitely mm-hmm. could have made that decision way earlier mm-hmm. number one. what i don't understand is the yankees played that night mm-hmm so the Yankees played at home. Mm-hmm. Red Bulls did not play. That was, you know what? I will, I will give the, I will say the pass here is that that was the crazy thing about that storm. Here's some meteorology for you people. It was moving in more of a northeast pattern, so it was really hitting. It was so narrow. It was, or I should say, the difference of what was being affected was so short. Like it was hitting New Jersey more than it was hitting the Bronx at that point so it was really the trajectory of the storm that ultimately is why the yankees were able to to get what i think believe six seven innings in that got them a complete game so before uh you know red Sox got pegged in the ass with a baseball but you know (laughs) mayhem yeah (laughs) so i know the the league really wanted to get this game in because of the way the schedule is shaping up with the midweek game you know, uh, that's why they waited till last minute to cancel. They were desperate to try to get that game in. I get that. And I do un- I do understand that. But just, just be upfront with the fans. Don't just say shelter in place and then no more information. Just, yeah, just be like, 
Wyatt. This is when this realistically is going to be played, you know, if we get in it at all. Just be honest with the fans. Don't keep them like – and let's face it. When fans are huddled together in those concourses, I mean, as nice as those concourses are, but when the entire stadium is huddled in them, it's cramped, let me tell you. Uh, you know, it, it is not – it's not a great experience. So that that's my real thing is just be upfront. You know, just say, we're going to try and get this in. But here's realistically is when it's going to be played. Even if you have to update it every half hour, like, all right, another half. Because we all knew once you saw a lightning flash, heard a thunderclap, you're, you, that's at least a half hour, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and let me tell you, the lightning over Newark is impressive. So, uh, yeah, that was one of those things where it's like, yeah, this isn't happening. I have a solution, though. Yeah. I, I figured I have a solution. Uh, the Red Bulls in Miami play a doubleheader, 70-minute, two games. Uh, they'll each start with the ball at the penalty spot. And so you can, you know, we can move the game along really quick. Boom, maybe a half hour between games, right? You just switch goalies, boom, change jerseys, get it all done in one game. If it works for baseball, we could just do it for MLS. Yeah. It almost sounds like you're bringing about NASL rules with those penalty spot, uh, you know, balls right there. Um, so, that, yeah, that's pretty much our Inter-Miami talk. Uh, so we'll get into the game that was played, which was last night up in Toronto. It was a 1-1 draw against the now Chris Armas-less um, Toronto FC. Uh, before before we get into our likes and dislikes, uh, I believe we have one tweet that came our way. One t- tweet from Jeremiah at Red Coach J says, Not a great game for Klamala outside the goal. Strange substitutions by Struber. Dominate early and then fall off in a very, very fall off in a very Red Bull way. What a weird game! Two dropped and in in my opinion worse than the Philly game. We needed that Miami game to get on a better trajectory. Yeah, well, the Miami game also possibly would have gotten the rust off of Caden Clark a little sooner. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right, thank you, uh, Red Coach Jay Jeremiah, for tweeting in as always. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, likes, dislikes. Uh, let's start with the negative. What did you dislike about this match? So much, mm-hmm. so much. I'm. I guess I'm going to talk about the game because I have other things to complain about in the afterthoughts. Um, it's really what what Jeremiah said. It's it's his point exactly. Is that you get that goal early, a hard worked goal, you know, getting rebounds, getting those second chances, capitalizing on it, and then nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just a slog for the rest of the game. Just, you know, I mean, the whole first half was just <sighs> rough, mm-hmm. rough. I, mean, I have a couple reasons why it was rough. But anyway, just like a team that is down, a bad team, like we've all said, we didn't care what their previous two results were. This is still not a great team. First half, just nothingness. You get that early goal to start the second half, and you just completely just trail off. Mm-hmm. You just And just you just sit back and wait. And you and you just wait and wait and wait and what happens? They equalize. What happens? They had multiple chances in the game. We had nothing except for getting in each other's faces, which Red Bulls and Toronto love to do. Uh-huh. On this roster, these teams definitely don't like each other. Um, that especially was when, it. Especially with Josie's out there. When Josie's out there, you know, it shit's going down. Um, and that was it. It was just that feel good to start the second half and just waiting for disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, I kind of 
want to harp on the same. I mean, uh, just piggyback on your point, I would say that, like, you know, for 60 minutes, Toronto FC looked dead to rights. It looked like this was going to be a Red Bull win on the road. I think Shep Messing brought it up multiple times in that broadcast. Um, it really looked like it was going to go the Red Bull way. And then, sure enough, yes, as you said, uh, they just faded, and they faded at the worst possible time. And I think they picked it up a little bit by the end, but it was too little too late. Uh, my dislike is, you know, it's not necessarily fair for this game because it kind of goes season-wide, and it really goes to, and I hate to say it, but it's our boy, Fabio. Oh, yeah. Fabio. I mean, it's – unless he drastically improves over the second half of the season, I really hope he's a one-and-done player with this team. I mean, you – I get it. The, the, the silver lining is he does actually lead the team and assist, believe it or not. But, look, you bring it forward to score goals, and he has one on the season. And I don't know how many times I've seen him get the ball at his feet. He either tries to do too much uh, dribbling around. And it's just it's, he's not, it, it, it's just not performing as what you need for a forward in this league. I mean, I believe it was uh, Matt Doyle had an article on MLSsoccer.com, good friend of the show, uh, about how – you know, the biggest problem, with the like the greatest thing about the Rebels is Gerhard Struber really has, by and large, gotten most of these players to play much, much, much better in this on this team this season. Uh, the biggest neg- impact negative is that neither Kamala or Fabio is scoring goals. And if the Rebels are going to do anything this season, and to be fair, I don't think many of us expect them to do much this season, Fabio and Kamala got to start scoring goals. Kamala have slightly more hope for with three goals on the season but you know right now there's not much to, and the, the fact of the matter is we re-upped Fabio for a, you know the second half another six months of on his loan you know it's we put faith in the guy and right now he is not producing he didn't produce yesterday I mean as you could say he put them in the position to get that first goal but hey look you know it, it, you got at some point you got to start producing you got to start scoring goals you got to stop trying to be fancy with the footwork just put the damn ball in the back of the net and that's really my big dislike with this one so you're saying that Kamala has as many goals in the season than Chicharito had in one game against us yeah which means he's a superstar that's why we, <laughs> should, we spent that's why we spent the DP money on them for three yeah. goals so all right so dislikes are out of the way what did you like about this one hmm that's a fantastic question <laughs> um I mean, again, the defense plays pretty well, uh, aside from, of course, just crumbling in. But, you know, the defense does continue to keep the game in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, again, they didn't, Toronto's bad, but they didn't get blown out on the road. Mm-hmm. A road point is always good. You always take any kind of point on the road. That's, I think, a huge positive. It would have been better if they played at home against Miami, won that game, and then come in here and get a road draw. You'd feel a lot better about the past several results, right? You would have gotten a draw against Philly on the road, get this home win, draw against Toronto. You're feeling really good, but you're coming off that longer break and it's, it's just a one, one draw, but I guess big picture. We'll look back at it and we'll say, Hey, a, a road points, a road point. And, and that's not the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, ultimately in MLS, win at home, draw on the road. That That's pretty much the formula. I mean, get the occasional win on the road that, you know, that's what you'd like to see. So you can't hate that. Uh, as you said, defense has performed, especially considering they're only playing with one center back right now. Uh, yeah. 
playing much better than to be expected. I mean, when Long went down, when he was really their only senior um, defensive player, it, it it's really is encouraging to see how they're playing. Uh, my like actually does go to a defender, and it's a 17-year-old John Tolkien from Chatham, New Jersey, <laughs> just talking shit to Pozuelo, <laughs> to Altidore. I love it. I love the spunk on that kid. A little punk ass, just uh, not backing down from two veteran players on Toronto FC. That was a moment, but I loved every second of it. So, John Tolkien, hats off to you. I hope you enjoy prom, and I hope you enjoy senior year next year. If, if we could come up with some kind of like Lord of the Rings reference for a man whose initials are J. Tolkien, we throw a couple <laughs> R's in there, right? Someone's got to get on that. Someone's got to get Lord of the Rings reference in there somehow. <laughs> That is the uh, the goofy ass Red Bull podcast job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to get on that for sure. Listeners, there you go. There's your new job. Yeah, our listeners, help us out here. Inspired, I don't know, memes or or t-shirts or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you shall not pass. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that, well, all right. He's a fucking defender. I mean, <laughs> that's it. Mission accomplished. Someone turn that into a t-shirt, please. All right, prediction standards. That's Jay's job. He's not here tonight, unfortunately. Uh, changed at all. We, so we all. we No game get canceled. And we all predicted a win against Toronto, so we're... All right, there you go. changed. Nothing has changed. There you go. Okay. All right, so that brings us to our next match, which is uh, this, uh, this Sunday, July 25th at 8 p.m. It'll be on MSG. It is against D.C. away... Um, so predictions for this one, uh, Jay has already submitted a two, one win for the Red Bulls. Truman, what do you think will happen this uh, Sunday night? Oh man. I mean, I hate DC. <laughs> Who doesn't? But I, but I, uh, two games on the road in a row. Ugh, DC can score a lot of goals at times. They can give up a lot of goals at the times. Ugh, they can score a lot of goals against Toronto. That's okay. Let Toronto. <laughs> that is true. Okay, you're you're correct on that. That's why they have that beefy uh, plus two goal differential. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I want to say win, but I don't think I can. I think I'm going down the draw road because I'm going to try to see a little positive. Oh my God, are we going to do three one one draws on the road in a row? Is that going to happen? Maybe. I like it. I'm going with it. I'm going with a 1-1 draw. I mean, has it ever happened three in a row for this team? Fuck it. Why, why not? I, again, we're going to feel good about a road point. I know we all hate D.C., um, but that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm not feeling overly confident, as we saw from this game. Um, so I think that's fair. So I, I I do think there's gonna be a win. I'm really pissed that Jay wasn't here, so therefore he got to submit his prediction first. So in the interest of being different, I'm gonna go with a one nothing win. Um, I do think they will beat DC. I mean, they, they DC is one of those away places they have traditionally played fairly decently, especially in the new stadium. They're scared of playing there, that's for sure. Yeah. So and I, I just do think DC is the lesser team, no question. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the one nothing win there in uh, DC, and you know it'll be another slog where I'm sure a lot of uh, good possession and good pressing, but then just awful in the box. But one gets in, so 
And that'll be the uh, Rebels uh, getting a one nothing win. All right, one, so Nick. One goal somehow comes off of Ben Olsen's face. We don't know how. He's just there somehow. Yeah. He's, he's just hanging out. He stumbles on on the field, holding like a forty in a in a uh, in a uh, you know paper bag. I think he's still coaching the team, and just gets a ball in the face, and we're good to go. All right, so that brings us to uh, next is New York Red Bull two. Um, they have not played a match since we last recorded. Uh, so, but their next match is tomorrow, or most likely for many of you will be tonight when you're listening to this against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, and that will next bring us up to Gotham FC. Who got a big win on the road against the Washington Spirit, 3-2 in D.C. Uh, that is good for fourth place in the standings. So slowly but surely, they're, they're creeping up. They're only three points out of first place. It's very tight in those that top four teams. Uh, their next game is at home on the 25th against the Chicago Red Stars. But as I'm sure Gotham FC fans know, the biggest news was them firing their general manager, uh, Alice LaHue, they haven't said it exactly why. Um, they said she violated the league's anti-harassment policy. Mm. I haven't heard anything in details. Um, I don't know if they're going to reveal anything. I don't know if anyone knows anything. But it was a lot of talk about this going on for a few weeks uh, that something was happening. Yeah. Now, they for... didn't... sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they didn't know if she it was, like, I think a lot of people thought at first she was stepping away for the team to, like, to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I think that was the thought at first, was like, oh, she's going to take another job with another team. No, she got straight up fired. Mm-hmm. Now, she was not around when all the controversy hit the news, correct? Or do you know? I don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah, that'd be my question. Like, if she was around, my guess is they cleaned house after all that, but that would be my curious my one uh, question there. So, all right. Well, that brings us to dumping ground, which is terrible. Which is where we put our national team stuff. Yeah, your America's in the dumping ground. Okay. Uh, so our first one would be the U.S. men. Uh, they have won their group in the Gold Cup, uh, defeating one uh, Canada one nothing in a very unimpressive win. Uh, their next match is uh, against Jamaica on Sunday night, nine thirty FS1. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, that yeah, that game against uh, Canada was, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, losing Walker Zimmerman hurt a lot. I, I really do think that end because uh, Pines, who is a DC United boy, uh, did not look ready for the national game at all. Um, but hey, a one nothing win against the Canada team that by and large had many of their starters. You can't be too upset about it. And and there are guys who have, I mean, for as many guys who have disappointed, there are guys who have come through, um, you know, like uh, Sam Vines is a great, uh, you know, Sands out of NYSC will try to forget that's where he plays, has looked very, very good uh, for the men. Um Miles Robinson out of Atlanta also looked fantastic center back to the point that he may right now be the front runner to start against John Brooks with alongside John Brooks in World Cup qualifying. Um, so there have been some positives. I mean, we definitely want to see more of Daryl DK, who looked great against Martinique, who was a, you know, it's Martinique, but against yeah. better teams. Right. Has looked, eh. <laughs> you know, so but uh, 
the U.S. has been allowed to make a few changes, bring a few uh, injury substitutions in, and so they brought in Cade Cowell from uh, San Jose Earthquakes and uh, another guy from England, a defender to replace uh, to replace Walker Zimmerman, and that would be, I get his name, Henry Kessler. So, Kid Cal is an interesting young player, been playing very well as a winger slash forward, which wingers is something we very desperately need right now on this team for San Jose and Henry Kessler, at least according to the Best Soccer Show guys, a show I did not realize was back, and I'm very happy about that. Um they say he's quite uh, been had quite the season for New England so far. First place New England Revolution, I might add. So hopefully reinforcements help and uh, U.S. can take it to Jamaica on Sunday. Uh, the next, another, ugh, even even worse, even more of a ugh. <laughs> is the U.S. women open their Olympic uh, uh, trials with against Sweden yesterday? They lost three to nothing. Ugh. And uh, their next match will be 7.30 a.m. on Saturday against New Zealand, and that will be at NBC Sports Network. Did you watch the women's match? I, I don't know. Do you have any? I did not. I'm hoping I can blame it on jet lag, and now they're over it. Because I got to go immediately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like they were due a loss. They were due a loss, but I mean, you would hope it would be not a three nothing loss where they just looked lethargic. Look, they look like they had no ideas. I mean, the the off the ball movement was just non-existent in this game. Uh, passing was atrocious. Uh, it, it was like, who? What is this team? I mean, who who are who are these women? I mean, what the hell happened? Uh, I mean, there's a couple things I, I've certainly read, and I've also thought myself. If, and I understand the women's and men's game are different. Uh, but if this were the men's team, the, the fact that you see the almost exact same roster that you saw two years ago, that would be an extraordinary red flag throughout men's soccer with, with no roster turnover. And that would be a big red flag. Um, so I don't know if this, like, you know, I believe it was the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal of all things. I read an article today where somebody said along the lines of, experience may have actually turned into age you know for this team and it's you know it's one of the things where you do worry about i mean they should and the good thing is they'll be angry against new zealand they should beat new zealand i mean if they struggle against new zealand then it's really time to throw up the panic flag for sure um but i mean it was just it was a awful awful game i watched it on I watched it on delay. I did not watch it live. I could not get up at 4.30 on a work day. But, you know, it was, I mean, it's one of those things. I think I, based on what the game I saw, I mean, you know, I would say I do think Julie Ertz uh, put a little more, you know, uh, a little more oomph into the game when she came on. I do think Megan Rapinoe had a few more ideas what to do on the wing um, than uh, Tobin Heath did, unfortunately. And Tobin Heath, let's not forget, coming off injury, uh, has might have some rust on her. So, I mean, I, the, Julie Ertz and Rager, if you know, two people I'd like to see start in the next game. Maybe even maybe even uh, Carly Lloyd as well. I mean, Alex Morgan didn't do much herself. So, it'll be interesting to see who comes in next. Um, but, uh, yeah, they definitely need to right this ship sooner than later, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
So, all right, that's my U.S. national team women's and men's rant. Um, any anything else for the dumping around? I do, I do, because we kind of forgot to get to the afterthoughts of of the game. But this had nothing to do with the actual Toronto game. But I I do want to bring it up because I said I was going to mention it, uh, and I remembered about two minutes ago. I need to talk about ESPN Plus. And I need to talk about the Red Bulls radio broadcast because it's two things that. Uh, all right, let's talk about ESPN Plus first. Okay. You suck. <laughs> Why is I currently live in Massachusetts, which I'm pretty sure is Rev's territory, right? Yes. I have my phone still has a Pennsylvania phone number. Mm-hmm. Why is it that if I'm on either my own service or I'm on Wi-Fi, I cannot watch the red bulls game on my phone and it says it's blacked out makes no sense and i and i i I clicked on the other games even the revs game all worked fine red bulls game nycfc would not work blacked out so someone explained that to me because that's annoying because then i had to actually watch the game from a totally legal stream okay quote unquote legal stream that's the way i had to do that so that was always great because those never freeze for like five minutes you have to restart the whole thing that was enjoyable now the radio broadcast uh-huh. steve jolly you are a treasure my friend <laughs> they're clearly broadcasting from their houses because at one point he was asked a question and there was dead silence because i feel he forgot to turn his microphone on and then at one point when he had his microphone on you're going to hear his dog barking in the background nice so that's the Red Bulls radio for you, everybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We can't send our main guys to the actual stadium of an away game, and we have our radio guys doing it from their house. Yeah. Uh, it was It was probably, I'm like, I, did I, no, I heard that right. That was a dog barking in the background. Loudly, might I add, loudly. Yeah. All right, so that actually reminds me of another afterthought, because Jay brought it up, and he has more details. Unfortunately, he's not here, and that is that the – Rebels are suing Kaku's agent for $6 million for breach of contract. So if they win that suit, can we please use some of that $6 million to, one, send Shep and Steve Cangliosi to the games away and allow Steve Jolly and his cohort to be in the stadium as well to actually broadcast the game? Yes, please. Or at least, I mean, if you radio, if okay, radio, fine, because I don't know how many people listen to that. At least put them in the same damn studio. They can watch the game together and freaking do a good broadcast. A dog barking in the background. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've heard. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I don't see why Red Bull Arena can't be like, yeah, use the Audi lounge. It's fine, you know? Yep. Oh, God. <sighs> All right, so this brings up to the betting corner. And so this week, I'm going to take LAFC over Vancouver, Columbus crew over Atlanta and the LA galaxy over FC Dallas Two of those are away games and Vegas hates betting against home teams, even if the home teams suck. So if those win, you win some money. So, uh, but you know, when you follow my bets, you don't win money. So whatever. Fair. So that brings us to Truman's terrible team of the week couple nominees pat you mentioned before we started recording it could have been the u.s women mm-hmm. uh definitely could have put them in there uh we were thinking about putting chicago in there and their 5-1 loss to nashville in nashville where uh they had a hat trick scored 16 minutes into the game about 16 minutes it might have even been less but i think it was 16 minutes yeah, yeah. 
But the winner, because it happened last night, is, I mean, New England, very good. Miami, very bad. But Miami lost at home 5-0, giving up four goals in the first half. Mm-hmm. So done and dusted after a half. And the, the fifth goal in the second half is just really just kicking the sand in the face of the nerd on the beach. And you're not going to do anything about it. You're not going to take, you're not going to start working out and get fit and take your girlfriend back. New England took your girlfriend, kicked sand, left. That's the end of the story right there. Yeah. You almost have to wonder at this point, like, is Gonzalo Iguin going to be the last megastar signed by an MLS? Or, no, Federer. Yeah, Gonzalo. That's right. Gonzalo Iguin is going to be the last uh, megastar signed by MLS because it is so hit or miss with those guys. It's like you might get Kiara Henry, you might get David Beckham, but then you also might get Rafa Marquez or uh, Steven Gerrard. You know, it's like you never know which of these. Uh, is it the guys coming over who are actually going to still try? Or is it the guys who are going to say, hey, it's uh, I'm going to coast because it's MLS and then they're kicked in the ass and don't realize it's actually a pretty competitive league. I mean, you would think with star power like that, they'd be a little better, but woof, Miami just severely underperforming. There's no question yeah. about that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think now it's about time to wrap it up. So uh, if you want to give us that money, patreon.com slash And I was actually thinking earlier today, if somebody gives us 25 bucks, I'll do an entire episode in an old timey voice, old timey radio voice. So, there you go. Anybody who has twenty five dollars to spend, yeah, it's so on I'm, you. Yeah, it's on, then, it's taxi, Steve Santos. Yeah, yeah. And then, at, then at the end of the episode, we can get a recording of you saying, "Take your money, you whore." So there you go. <laughs> uh, you can email us at rebelrant at gmail dot com. Call us at nine seven three two four eight five three two nine. Facebook facebook dot com slash rebelrant. Twitter at rebelrant. Jay is at Doctor Sue. Truman is at the Truman. You subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Last words before we get out of here. I hate DC so much. I hate them. We all hate them. Um, I don't know what's worse, DC United or DC Comics, because they have some terrible characters. I mean, come on. Superman? So boring. Do not Uh, not say Batman. Do not say Batman. I would never never speak badly of Batman or Booster Gold. Okay. Two great characters in the DC universe. Okay. Uh, but I mean, DC United, you're you're absolute trash. The, the raccoons moved right into your new stadium. You can't get rid of them. You can't shake them. Yeah, there. Now I know my predictions. I have doubts, but I'm going to stay positive. It's going to be a great, fantastic day, and they're going to surprise me. They're not going to surprise Pat and Jay, but they're going to surprise me. Come out, Fabio's going to score five goals, and they're yeah. going somehow win. Yeah, uh, we hate DC, we hate DC, we are the DC haters, Rebels, bring out that win. All right, well, that about wraps it up. This is, uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. This has been the Rebel Ramp Podcast. Thank you for Truman, myself, and Jay, and we will see you later. Bye-bye now. Lights. <laughs>